0: Now the Go Wild app has added some really cool and exciting functionality to their app and the first one I want to talk about is the Near Me function and basically what this does it allows you to engage and connect with people in your area. You guys can talk about gear, you guys can talk about hunting areas, you guys can talk about what's going on in the woods and it just allows the users to be more of a community and connect easier. The second part is the gearbox and what the gearbox is it is a an opportunity for the users to not only see reviews on products and see what the go wild community is using in the field what products they're using but it also allows you guys to purchase up to a hundred and fifty thousand products there's you, there's a shopping function on it so check out the go wild app if you haven't downloaded it to your phone yet you need to and you can do that at any app store that is currently available go wild it's an awesome app check them out howdy ho everybody and welcome back to the nine finger chronicles podcast brought to you by vortex optics today is a good day. Uh, This past weekend, I was able to go and uh, hang out with my taxidermist for a little bit. One hell of a guy, Sam Gaylord, and he runs Old Barn Taxidermy down in Fort Madison, Iowa. Uh, And now it sounds like he has them in Colorado and potentially Idaho now. So he is uh, kind of a taxidermy entrepreneur. He's a business owner. And I just have this really good conversation with a man. Every time I go to his shop, I'm in a good mood. Why? Because I'm either dropping something off or picking something up. And uh, I wanted to sit down and have a visit with Sam, talk a little bit about You know, how he got into the business, talk about his life, the early days, why taxidermy, why the outdoors, Uh, talk to him about his business. And uh, he's really good at bullshitting. So uh, you guys are definitely going to enjoy this episode. But before we get into today's episode, we got to do a little commercial. And it's the average conservationist, right? You guys have heard me talk about their hats, their t shirts, their hoodies. Um, These guys not only have a, a, a kick ass apparel line but they donate 10 percent of all of their earnings to conservation period so right off the top before anything else they donate 10 percent of their earnings towards conservation not a lot of companies do that especially in the outdoor industry there are a handful of companies that, that do that but they're are not a lot that do that, right? There's more that don't, obviously. So when I was talking to Marcus Ewing, uh, the owner of the company, and he mentioned this, he was interested in working with us. And at first, I was like, "Ah, just an apparel line." But then he told, told, you know," he told me, "Hey, we donate ten percent." His company is. On track to be 2% for conservation certified. He is now the host of the Average Conservationist podcast on the Sportsman's Nation podcast network. This is the official podcast of 2% for conservation. So now his brand, right, is about conservation, period. So it's cool to uh, see how he's kind of expanded and growing. And on top of all that, the apparel line is kick ass. So if you guys want to go check out their hats, their hoodies their t-shirts a really cool apparel line visit the and if you want to listen to their podcast it is on the sportsman's nation podcast network so go check it out now today is about taxidermy and my good friend sam gaylord so let's quit talking and get right into today's episode all right so this is a rarity for me i'm actually recording this episode live at old barn taxidermy here in fort madison iowa and uh i'm gonna it's it's funny when i come here because i'm always in a good mood because if i show up that means i've just killed something and if i'm leaving it means i'm taking something home from me yeah so so i don't know are you always seeing like happy people all day long
1: always it's it's crazy uh like you said you know it's the best place to come during hunting season yeah. because you've you know you've harvested something that you definitely want to look at the rest <laughs> yeah. of your life you know which is huge for most of us uh and then when they're picking it up i mean they're like joyous i mean it's just huge yeah so but yeah it's a lot of a lot of happiness a yeah. lot of happy times
0: well i'm sitting here with sam gaylord of old barn taxidermy sam how many years have you been a taxidermist
1: you know i got kind of a weird story uh Through another lifetime ago, uh, 1993, uh, I actually, with another wife, (laughs) she was the actual taxidermist back in the day. Uh, She had came home. She would had a really, really good union job down in Keokuk, Iowa, which is like 20 miles south of us. And we were like 20 years old, and she was making like 60K a year back then. I mean, it was crazy. And the union shop broke up, and they wanted to hire her back like ten bucks an hour. Well, we'd saved just tons and tons and tons of money through her making that, making that kind of money. And she came home one day. She says, "You know, I don't know if I want to do that." And she said, "What should I do?" And well, she was really, really artsy. I mean, that girl could draw like crazy. I mean, she could paint paintings, and and I was always just loved the taxidermy industry, but I had no talent. I, I thought at the time. But anyhow, I said, "Why don't you be a taxidermist?" And she's like, well, you know, how will we do that? So, uh, like I said, it was like 1993. I can remember it was like the year of the flood, the big flood that we had here mm-hmm. in town. So we checked with our local taxidermist, which was, you know, getting you know older in age. And he was kind of the guy back then that just did just extraordinary work. His name was Jerome Soklik. And Jerome was, was everybody's hero. We went to Jerome and said, hey, will you teach her to do this? He said, no. He said, I really don't have time to teach. But he said, there's a really good school up in northwest Iowa uh, with Tom Matuska. So we checked into that. And even back then, I don't know what Tom charges a day, but I mean, we spent about $12,000. She went up there, did a nine week course. uh, And I was just the, I was just the husband. I mean, I literally, I did nothing with, with that (laughs) at all. I mean, uh, she was a blood and guts girl. She was a big time hunter. So, I mean, she, she did all the skinning and whatnot. And I did the heavy work, you know, you know, there's, there's work here that's heavy. That's just nicer to have a guy's, perspective when you're grabbing and tugging yeah. and whatnot but uh so that was a 93 and we opened up a, an archery shop we had sportsman's corner here in fort madison we, we sold archery supplies and and did the taxidermy right there in that archery shop and we ran that up until 2007 and we had a life change i mean you know things happen people grow apart mm-hmm. and uh, she actually moved mm-hmm. uh, moved up to uh to uh, michigan uh she's working up there at the wildlife gallery which is a big big studio and then well when she left in 07 i'm like sitting there scratching my head like oh shit you know not only did i lose <laughs> my house and my home and my family's broke up but i lost my taxidermist yeah. you know and i was an avid hunter and it, the problem you got with taxidermist and owning the taxidermy shop is you never do your own work so i had all these trophies that i had killed all along that uh, she had never got time to mount, so uh, she was catching them up for me, and and we're still friends, and we we split very, very well. I mean, we're more like brother and sister, and we were husband and wife at the time, and today we're best friends, but anyhow, I literally was dumbfounded. I didn't know, you know, what am I going to do, you know, and you know, she was moving to Michigan, and she was the taxidermist here. I mean, she was the one, the one everybody went to. She did amazing work, and So I called another friend of ours that she met at Matuska. Uh, His name's Eric Riley. Eric's from the Michigan area. And I said, Eric, I said, if I bring up a deer head, will you walk me through it? I said, you know, I've watched it all these years, but I never literally put my hands on this thing. So he said, yeah, sure. So I told three or four buddies, hey, I think I'm going to swing at this thing. And before, you know, the end of the year, I had five deer heads. It Mm -hmm. was 2007. I went up to Eric, and it was like, putting my gloves on or getting on a bicycle. I mean, I literally hadn't did it, but I was able just to walk away, and and I haven't looked back since. It's been an amazing career for me, actually. Yeah, this,
0: this the story is, is unique because it doesn't sound like you went to a official training camp or an official school. I personally right?
1: did not. No. no. Now, I've done a lot of advanced training. Mm-hmm. Uh, our industry's changed. It's evolved over the years. It used to be a very hush-hush. Mm-hmm. If you were the best – and you had some techniques that you did not want anybody to, sh- to share or to know. You just kept your mouth shut. Yeah. Uh, but our industry has evolved so much with uh, – and it, it's, 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 it's getting bigger with Facebook. But even before Facebook, uh, you could go to the master taxidermist and actually take lessons yeah. to, to better your craft. Uh, we actually give lessons here. We've, we've had three lessons the last two weeks. We bring people in for a week, and we teach them our craft. Uh, So I have done that. I I, I studied a little bit with Joe Meter, you know, and everybody knows Joe. I mean, Joe set the bar for everybody here in Iowa and pretty much worldwide. I mean, he is Mr. Whitetail. Yeah. Um, He's still he's still doing heads. Um, His
0: his uh, trophy room is amazing. Oh, oh. it's ridiculous. And and Joe is class. Joe
1: brought Joe brings class to the taxidermy industry. Yeah. I mean, it's you know, when you normally think a taxidermist. Most of us started in a garage or in a basement, mm-hmm. and we are we are the hunter. Yeah. We're the guy that likes to hunt and wanted to, you know, everybody has that want. Everybody wants to be a taxidermist. Yeah. I mean, why not? It sounds cool. It looks cool. Yeah. Until they actually lay their hands on it and decide, hey, this is a lot of freaking work, you know? Yeah. yeah. But Joe, Joe stepped that up two or three notches. I mean, he took it from a basement thing to class, you know? Yeah. When I look at Joe and his beautiful wife, I just see very classy, classy people. But yeah. I, I did some classes with him. I uh, have did some classes with Clint Ricky. Clint was the world champion last year. He's one of the best whitetail guys, maybe. well, he is the best in the world right now. You know, he's from up in Wisconsin area. Uh, he taught me to do some uh, casting and whatnot. Uh, my bears, which I'm, you know, fairly noted for. That's my passion in life. I, I learned that from uh, Dave Schmidt. We call him Uncle Dave. He's from Wisconsin. I literally go up, stay in his house, and we work in his basement, and, and we build bears, so. You know, I, I have had some f- some training, but ninety percent, well, hundred percent of what I've learned, I've learned because somebody would teach me. Yeah. And taxidermy is kind of a, it, it's a weird industry. I mean, it's you got to kind of be a jack of all trades, master of none. Mm-hmm. You know, that kind of sounds weird. Yeah. But it's it's total problem solving. Yeah. I mean, you're literally doing nothing but solving problems. So you know, if you got a already a well rounded head on your shoulders, you know and uh, got some mild talent. I mean, I I never thought I would be where I'm at today. I can't even write my name. <laughs> I mean, I tried to write a check yesterday. I bought my I brought my grandkids kids a couple four wheelers, and I was over there and I and I wrote two checks to f- get the first one right. I mean, you know, I <laughs> I just I haven't I had God didn't bless me with any artistic ability, but He blessed me to be able to look at something and figure out how to get it to look like that. which yeah. is, which is huge for me. Yeah. Just huge.
0: So, let me ask you this. Um, I want to kind of take a step back and talk to you about, did you grow up in an outdoors family? Did you grow up in a hunting family? Um, How did you, like, get introduced to the outdoors? You know,
1: my dad, my mom and dad always camped. We, we, We were poor church mice. Yeah. So, our entertainment was going on the Des Moines River and catching catfish. Yeah uh my dad was an avid fisherman avid camper i mean they took me from the time i was one month old and we we stayed on sandbars in a tent uh, i remember they heated the tent with coal with charcoal which would probably kill us today's <laughs> age that's how bad the tents were back then but uh no you, you know dad never really hunted i mean he, he loved bird dogs and quail yeah and he chased that passion in his life uh we have actually only deer hunted together twice. Yeah. And, you know, and I, and my dad's one of my very best friends, but he just, he always loved to fish. Uh, never really cared a whole lot about about the deer scene. But about when I was 16, uh, my best friend down at Kilcock, his name's Doug Beard. Doug was chief of police up here in Burlington. Uh, we hung out exclusively together, you know, every weekend, you know how guys are. And Doug was that guy. I mean, he wanted to shoot everything, you yeah. know. And together, you know, we just grew up being that guy. We started out, you know, shooting our bows. Uh, I had an old PSE with the hangers on it. You know, I'm 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 quite old. that probably dates me back a ways. But I shot my first doe when I was 16 years old, and I was just I was just hooked, you hooked. know, and and I've been hooked ever since. So, but you know, I, as far as the family wise, they my mom and dad, they you know. They bought me whatever I ever wanted or needed, even though we were poor. Yeah. You know, if I wanted a shotgun to go shoot turkeys, I got a shotgun. And Dad always said, you know, if you kept me in the woods, you kept me out of drugs. And yeah. You know, that was kind of their mentality. Yeah. My mentality was, hey, I want a new gun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Keep me out of the drugs, please. You know, I want a new gun. I want a new gun. But, it, you know, it's it, as far as mentorship from, from, from Dad, you know, he was an outdoorsman, but no, not a deer hunter.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. So you kind of got introduced through a friend. Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. 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 And it was kind of a mutual thing. I mean, there was a group of like four of us. We hung. We camped every weekend. You know, because I grew up camping, so you know, we'd steal twelve pack of beer. And, you know, <laughs> we were 16, 17 and we camp all weekend long. I mean, that's what we did. Uh, what was that wine was pot? Mad Dog Twenty. Mad Dog Twenty. Yeah, we used to get a bottle of Mad Dog, and you know, we'd hit <laughs> we'd hit a river some riverbank somewhere, and that's where we'd be. So, you know, September one, we'd be in the squirrel woods. We yeah. would we would literally we had backpacks we bought backpacks back when nobody knew what a good backpack was and we bought the little tents and the little coleman stoves mm-hmm. and we'd pack for miles and we'd set up for the whole weekend go shoot squirrels i mean yeah, that's it, awesome we we were playing big time hunters and we was you know right here <laughs> in Chimic forest right so it was right. cool
0: so how did that i mean when did you ever think about when you were growing up wanting to become a taxidermist I,
1: I, this has been my lifelong passion my so, whole life uh When I was a little kid, I mean little little, like five, six years old, Fort Madison, the town used to be hopping. It's like Mm -hmm. every other little town. I mean, we had a Main Street that was just, that was the place to be. And uh, we had a clothing store, a men's clothing store, where my mom would buy my dad, you know, a suit or whatnot. And they had a red fox mounted right when you come in the door that old Jerome Soklik, the the taxidermist I was talking about earlier, mounted. And I, I would walk in, and I would just drool over that fox. I mean, you know, I was into Boy Scouts. and I, I just knew that I that was the, the cloth I was molded out of. Yeah. But, like I said, I couldn't draw a stick, man. I couldn't write my name. So, no, I didn't think I would ever end up doing what I do today. But the passion has always been there. I mean, this is what God put me on earth to do. Yeah. I mean, that is totally 100% my belief. And, yes, that that ever since a small boy, I thought, you know, I wanted to make my living doing this. Now through different life changes, I'm able to do that, but you yeah. know, I yeah, I didn't see this 15 years ago. No. Okay. I mean, I, you know, I, like I said I lived it through my ex-wife's eyes. Yeah. I was able to own a taxidermy shop, be part of a taxidermy shop with ever tucking an eye or skifing, but not I being say, a taxidermist. But not being a taxidermist. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay.
0: So, so it really wasn't until your your divorce, yeah, where you said. Now's the time for me to do this. Now's the time. Okay. 100%. All right. All right. Yeah, yeah. So you had the business, da- like you ran a taxidermy business before. Yeah. Right?
1: Yeah. yeah. We had that sportsman's corner. We yeah. called it Char's Taxidermy. It was actually the, the we, we started it together yeah. just to get her some notoriety. So people knew, you know, we were young and doing this taxidermy. Well, they both grew crazy. So we ended up splitting them apart and having two different facilities. But, uh, yeah, I'd run a taxidermy business. I mean, I knew the business end of the, yeah. of the deal for years. And, and and by heart, I'm a businessman. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what I do. You know, I build businesses and sell them and whatnot. Yeah. And, uh, but uh, now this is my long-term goal here. Yeah. So,
0: so you, you went up to Michigan. Your buddy got you some pointers, yep. right? And that yep. was in 2008?
1: Seven and eight, yeah. Seven and eight, okay. Yep. Yep.
0: So how does all that translate into old barn
1: well i had some other life changes happen actually yeah. uh i ran a large very large construction company okay. I, w- I was a second generation owner uh and in 2009 everybody knows that housing market was mm-hmm. crashing and the banks were crashing uh and i wasn't in housing I, I i owned a company back then that did build houses but we were financially fine we, we did spec homes and we worked for john wick homes but i was actually i was a phone guy and that's what my background is for my business is I own a big, a large phone company. We we took care of all of the phone lines for all of Iowa, all of Nebraska, and I had just signed a huge deal with a big telecom, and mm-hmm. I'm not going to name their name, but uh, to take over New Mexico. They wanted us to take that over. So as that contractor, you have to, you have a two hour show up window. Okay, so if Mary's phone line goes out and she calls. You know, no matter where Mary's at in that state, you got two hours to show up. Mm-hmm. Well, I'd done that for 25 years in Iowa, Nebraska. So we thought, you know, this is going to be great. You know, what we did in Mex- New Mexico, we can work on winter. So now i got a, a better first quarter, mm-hmm. right? So with the company that i would worked for for 15 years, I've been their general contractor for 15 years. So we, we cruised down in New Mexico, and I opened up five branches, hired another 80 people, did all of this with my own money. I mean, I, back then I was... I can't say I was wealthy, but I had access to a lot of money. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, we, we were a, a large company. Well, I, I signed a contract in June to be shovel-ready January 1. January 1 comes and goes, pretty much no hitches. We've got all this up and rolling. June the following year, I'm driving up to Burlington, Iowa, just north of here with my old Toyota truck because I never changed. I've always been a hillbilly, you know. <laughs> got the windows down, and I'm rocking and rolling to the local radio station. I got I, I heard over the radio station to that company that I work for, had merged with another telecom. So I got on the phone procurement. Them guys were in Denver, and I said, well, what in the heck, guys? I mean, why didn't anybody tell me? Well, we were under gag order. We couldn't tell you. I said, you just let me spend $5, 6000000 million on expansion knowing, well, your contract was good. Well, it and it was good. But what happened was my all my contract was time and material, and you had to look at history to predict the future. Mm-hmm. So I know historically if I got $10 to put a soda can right there, I did it 2,000 times a year. It was worth 20 grand. But any time, they could say, well, we're not going to put that soda can in there. <laughs> well, that's what happened. Every, everybody I'd worked for for all those years took their golden parachutes and left, and they left a bunch of guys that couldn't allocate work, couldn't get my invoices approved. Um, it, just, it just went upside down in six weeks. I literally went from invoicing a, a boatload to this little bitty margin that happened in a six-week period. Well i i called in uh some help and, and you know we got the banks together and one of those banks were failing with the housing market mm-hmm. and everybody got froggy and sam went from successful to on his head doing just spins with nothing yeah so they left me my house and my truck so and then i had another local guy uh, an investor here come to me said what happened and i told him the story and he says, well, I know you're not a crook. I know you're not a scoundrel. He says, you build a business, you know, and you save the local jobs. Mm-hmm. So I signed a three-year out deal with him. Um, he put up, you know, a, a large amount of money to buy equipment. And I got that business running. Well, in that three-year period, that was 2009. So from 2009 to '12, I was building Old Barn because I knew that, you know, it's hard to go from, being the guy that controlled all the work to the guy on the bottom mm-hmm. trying to get the work. You know what I'm yeah. saying? I, at my age, I didn't want to start over again in that industry from square one. Yeah. Uh, so we, we we started with the old barn. At the time, it was just me and another guy shaving, doing yeah. the hides. And uh, Linda, my wife, was taking care of the books. Yeah. Um, I knew I needed more revenue, so I started an eBay store. And back in that era, eBay was fat. I mean, I was literally I was doing it at the time almost half a million a year in Eastern Arrows. We were custom fletching Eastern Arrows. No shit. Yeah, it was crazy. It was crazy. Uh, so my youngest son come in. I hired him away. He was like manager Hibbits or something. I made, I hired him to come in and fletch arrows, and that's mm-hmm. all we did, you know. And those margins over the years, you know, everybody kind of caught on what was going on, and you went from a, a good margin, good healthy margin where you were making money. To now, it's chump change, you know.
0: So wait a second. Your business, at that time, was people going to eBay and ordering, ordering, yes, cu- custom fletched arrows. And arrows. so all you guys did was cut them and, and fletch them. We fletch them, cut.
1: We we had a deal where you go on you go on an eBay store and you could pick if you wanted one arrow, two arrows, six arrows, a dozen arrows, three dozen arrows. You put in the color you wanted, and you and you, and you give them a cut link from your knock. To the end, you know, and we would literally, they would bre- the we USPSed everything. Mm-hmm. They'd have to bring a truck out. We would have that whole showroom loaded with boxes My every Lord. day. You know, I had like thirty-seven or thirty-eight Fletching jigs going <laughs> all the time, and they literally was spinning them. You know, and with the glues and whatnot today, you can literally build an arrow and bam. Mm-hmm. You know, and man, was, I didn't know that. That's oh, crazy. Yeah, it was huge. It was huge.
0: So taxidermy, still at this point, is growing. It's growing, but it's not even, it's it's nothing big yet. It's
1: nothing big yet.
0: Right. Okay.
1: No, I I hired one of my buddies who had worked for my ex-wife in her shop to help me tan. Okay. Because I didn't think, I knew I couldn't get enough work to go full time without doing some tanning. And I knew enough people in the industry that that don't tan, that send that out to be commercially did, that they would want, to bring the work here Mm -hmm. so i reached out to them and that's how i got started with the tannery and actually the tannery has grown 700 fold i mean today we work for 400 other taxidermists we do eight thousand deer capes a year
0: it's amazing Getting sent here yeah and i got
1: 20 full-time people work here now that's crazy so in the whole time that's working so it's the taxidermy because now i'm finding out you know sam ain't as bad as sam thought he was You know, I got an eye for it. I know what it's supposed to look like. I chased my ex-wife around to all those shows. Mm -hmm. I could literally judge a deer head at a competition. I just had never put one together. So now I know what to do and what to look for. And I know, you know, I've listened to all these judges all these years. Because I I was soaking in like a sponge. I loved it. Even though I didn't do it, I loved it. Mm -hmm. So I actually learned before I learned, if that makes sense. You know what I'm saying? so the whole time we're growing this thing the ebay thing's rocking out we got the thing up almost three million a year i mean it was doing crazy with with about a 20 percent margin so sam was starting to make some money you know uh it was going good i was hiring people putting the money investing it back into things and then ebay just the margin just dropped off to the face of the cliff and i was able to sell out of that so i sold that to another another guy he bought it lock stock and barrel come in and and uh, at that time, we had the tannery growing, and we were up doing, you know, a couple hundred deer heads a year. And,
0: so you uh, saw a little blip in, in eBay. I you Sold it. You just and you just kind of took a a sidestep into yep. Old Barn. Yep. And
1: decided this was this was it, guys. We're oh. gonna we're gonna do this big time.
0: Okay. So. so at at this time then, Old Barn starts to grow. Are you um are you personally mounting deer at this point? I do not okay
1: I do not I, I personally laid my hands had laid my hands on everything up until this year
0: up until this year up until this okay. year
1: okay uh I hired I, I've been blessed yeah everybody says you can't hire people well for some reason I track people I don't know I, you know I try to be a good boss uh, I don't set hours they got they know what they need to do for mm-hmm. the week I let them be their own boss but I've been blessed. Uh, I met a, a, a young gentleman at a show like three years ago. He'd come in and won everything in the amateur division. And I'm looking at these deer heads, and, I'm, and his name's Julian, Julian Loker. And I went over to Julian. I introduced myself. I said, dude, you really need not to be in the amateur division. Yeah. I said, you're doing pro work here. He's like, oh, well, it's my first time. It's my first year. You know? And the kid's got the knack. He's, yeah. he's got the talent. He, he had a lot of. Small things that I needed to work on in the beginning. So kind of a little backstory on Julian. He, he started coming down here working on weekends for me. Because, yeah. you know, by now I'm up getting 250 day a year. Yeah. You know, and I'm I'm in there busting my butt seven days a week, you know. And I'm getting old. and I'm not old, old. But, you know, I don't want to bust my butt seven days a mm-hmm. week. I want to work a good five and a half. So, you know, I was bringing people in there to help me out. So he was coming down on weekends. Well, he comes to me and he says, Sam, he says, I, I want to come work here full time. And at the time, Julian worked for the USDA, and he was the pigeon sniper that went into the food (laughs) facilities. He literally shot 20,000, 30,000 pigeons a year with a pellet gun. I'm like, dude, you got the best job in the frigging world here. (laughs) No. No, I said, you know, the business business side of Sam wants you here full time, because I could use you full time. But the dad side of Sam says, hell no. You stay at that USDA job. You got the benefits. You got all this stuff going on. So Julian kind of you know he wasn't happy about that mm-hmm. answer, but he accepted it. I don't know, six months goes by maybe, and he could probably tell you better. He calls me and I could hear it in his voice something severely wrong. I said, "What's going on, man?" He said, "I lost my job." He said, "They lost the funding." Yeah. I said, "Well, take the noose off your neck, step back from the cliff. We just got to figure out how to get your family moved here. You got a job here." So that was I don't know a year and a half, two years ago maybe. Yeah. And he literally come here. Uh. His wife stayed up there, sold her house. They bought a house down here. He moved his whole family. He's got a whole pack of kids. Yeah, you know, he's trying to repopulate the world single-handedly. <laughs> God bless him. But uh, in the beginning, I was literally, you know, Julian got to do this and this and this. But he he had so much raw talent, it it didn't take me. But well, this year I haven't. I don't hardly touch anything. I yeah. mean, I go in, I look at all of it, and I look at it when it's still wet. I mean, he he mounts two a day. You know, he mount he does that four days a week, so we we do eight a week. Uh, and then he finish does finish work on Mondays. That's yeah. that's just kind of our schedule. So every day I walk in and, and I go around and look things over and I very occasionally will tweak something one way or the other but he's got since he's worked for me, he has has mirrored my style if if you know if I have a style. Mm-hmm. Um and I had something really unique this year. I did, I got a buddy in Burlington that owns a outfitting service. Uh Jay Bagners is his name. And Jay found this huge, huge uh, EHD buck, and we, we were able to uh, we cast the horns. Mm-hmm. We made him some reproductions for the farmer and his partner and whatnot. But Jay says, now, I want you to mount that, Sam. I said, okay. So we were doing two of these, right? So I mounted one and Julian mounted one. And I got him out front, and Jay comes in. He's just, you know, grin ear to ear. I mean, he is just freaking out. And we're bullshitting. I said, okay. I said, I oh, know you want to me to mount those. Me quotation mark about i said but julian mounted one i mounted one can you tell me which one i mounted
0: <laughs>
1: john mulligan was there yeah he was there they both are going over these things you know they couldn't tell the difference yeah i mean you know so no i'm i'm not the guy now i do all the bears yeah. i'm known for bears and we get for being in the midwest we get a pile of bears yeah. i mean last year we did i don't know 38 life size i mean we get a lot of bears but that's my passion. I got a passion for bears, like I got for taxidermy. Okay, and uh, I've been blessed. You know, I can really make a bear look like a bear. Yeah, and you know, I take the extra time to make the the form fit the skin, not the skin fit the form. Mm-hmm. You know, so they come out just outstanding. That's awesome. So, I, I do all that.
0: So, so, but you used to do. I did the whitetail stuff. I used to do them all. Yep. And now
1: I've and, done all yours but one. Oh, yeah. This one here is the first one that I have not done.
0: Okay. So as you start to grow Old Barn uh, over the last, let's say, previous, since 2009, right, is yep. when yep. you guys yep. opened, was there a point where it just exploded that made that decision to step into Old Barn full-time? Yeah,
1: yeah. It was It was about 2012, I okay. would say, right in there. Uh, you know, every year we would seem to grow by 30, 40, 50%. But, mm-hmm. you know, when you start a business, you know, and you're taking in 10, well, 50%, you take in 15, you yeah. know. Uh, but it, it kind of dominoed to the effect. And I had one thing going for me. My ex-wife had left the area. She mm-hmm. had moved to Michigan. So she left a huge client base Yeah. that was just out there. And I knew them all, yeah. you know, because I was in the shop. so. I probably had a little bit of hands up because of that. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? I, I was getting some residual business over the old business, I guess. Well, there's a
0: huge void in the area. Yeah, yeah, yeah it
1: was huge. And, and there's a lot of taxidermists in southeast Iowa. Yeah. You know, uh, she was one of the finer ones. And there's there's a couple other good guys here. Yeah. I mean, there's there's guys, you know, n- nobody doing what we're doing as yeah. far as volume. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's some guys here that, that are are, you know. And some of them, some of those customers filtered out to those guys. And yeah. when they found out we were here, you got know, tell everybody, you know, cheating on your taxidermist is almost the best cheating on your <laughs> wife. I think me and you. I was, yeah, out I was,
0: before. I was waiting for you to say that. Yeah. You know, so
1: you know, a lot of those guys come back. Uh, she still does some of the work down here. I yeah. mean, some people get brand loyal and, and uh, a lot of them bring the stuff here and she picks it up here. I mean, we are, like I said, we are great friends. Yeah. So, I mean, we're actually better friends now than we were the last four or five years we were married, yeah. you know, and we have grandchildren together and children together, so yeah. it's nice that we all are able to to be together Co-exist. And, and we all love the same industry now, all my kids work here, so now you know her legacy's just continuing on through mm-hmm. through that with them, you know and, and uh but yeah it it kind of started taking off hard in two thousand twelve um I started competing let me see here that that white ribbon right there i think that was in 09 and that was in 010 and then in 11 i won my first blue ribbon yeah and when you're competing in taxidermy it's kind of it's kind of like a scorecard i guess or like a grade okay there's there's three levels of a taxidermist you got an amateur which is somebody learning you mm-hmm. got a pro which is somebody that makes a living doing taxidermy and then you got a master and a master is somebody who has perfected their craft and they're, they've moved on. So it's, it's like three different levels. It's like, like playing college ball and professional ball and high school ball. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yep. So I started right in the pro category. I didn't want to do the masters. And my first year, I got a C. You know, and that's that's that head there. And to the average Joe, that head looks fine. You know, my second year, I got a B. My third year, I got an A, and then I've got A's ever since. So now I've actually graduated up to the master's. I've been in the master's for for quite a few years now. Um, but I think a, a lot of winning those professional, you know, best of categories really helped soar. Yeah. Soar, you know, our, our – and, and, and with taxidermy, there could be – you could get an A, I could get an A, but there's only one best of. Yeah. And that's them purple ribbons you see downstairs. Yeah. So I got a lot of blue ribbons, but I've got a lot of – Of purple ribbons too which was you were the best of category in at that show now that's and a lot of that is is who shows up Mm -hmm. i mean you know there's always and i tell everybody you know god does it perfectly uh we just try to recreate what he has created you know and there's a lot of people better than me i'm not going to say i'm the best because i'm not yeah i'd be fooled to say that there's some really you know great people out there but you know i've been fortunate to be the best guy there that that weekend mm-hmm. you know and yeah and that has you know that helps sort of the business also so.
0: yeah and i just want to say one thing about why i think it was 2016 was the first year i came down here
1: yeah how did we hook up i don't
0: even... i honestly i shot my deer i knew i wanted to get it mounted yeah and then i said so then i started talking to people in the area and they're like here check this guy out or check this guy out or check this guy out yeah and so i called up a couple places that would have been more convenient for me from a driving distance. Sure,
1: you drive a long way. Yeah, and
0: I said, um, hey, uh, I I just shot a deer. What's this? And I just hear in their voice, like, almost sounded like it was an inconvenience for me to call them. Yeah. And that it would take a year and a half and that, you know, I said, well, w- can I come in and talk to you about this? Cause I'm, I'm, I'm a hands-on person. Like oh, yeah. I have to, I want, I want you to show me examples. I want to see what you can do. And he's like, I don't have, you know, like some of the people are just like, I don't have that. and It's going to cost this much. And I'm just like, right. where's the connection here? Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I get you.
0: Yeah. So I- when I, when I, then, you know, I called old barn and it was, Hey man, just uh, come on down. Uh, you can take a look at some stuff. We know we'd love to have you. The and it actually, I think, um, the price here was more expensive than another place. But just the way you talked to me on the phone <laughs> cool. made me go, Jesus, this guy actually is excited to and and it was congratulations right yeah. off the bat. Oh, congratulations, true. you shot this deer, and I'm just like, this guy's nice. Yeah, on the phone.
1: You know, I think some of the attributes that have made this business successful as I love people.
0: Yeah. First and uh, you foremost, can, I love people. You, you can absolutely tell that the first time people meet you. Yeah.
1: You know, and I, I'm not going to tell you I don't have an enemy or two because I do, but not very many. I mean, yeah. you know, I, I truly do care about it. I, I truly do care about, you know, our Facebook, you know, we always tag, be part of the adventure. We mm. try to make this an adventure. We want some nice pictures of you. Yeah. You know, I got the old truck out front now yep. so we can get some photographs. Uh, but, you know, we – I just, I love living it through your guys' eyes. Oh, yeah. I mean, just the excitement, you know, and I, it it gives me just as much joy as it gives you. Yeah. You know?
0: Yeah. Plus, I get to make some money.
1: Yeah. You know, that's the main thing. Yeah, absolutely. Get some beans for the table, you know? <laughs> <laughs>
0: the, the other thing, the cool part is about me making the decision to come here is I show up in 2016. I bring my deer. I pick it out of the book. Very very nice experience for me sure. all right so i get my deer back to you know later in uh, early in 2017 i take a look at it it's excellent work and by the way that mount of all the deer i have on my wall is probably one of my favorite looking mounts it's not the biggest rack it, there's nothing uh, customized about it it's yeah. just it's just it's almost like an icon yeah. of, uh, that I just look at that. I'm go, that, that is my favorite. That's one of my favorite ones that cool. you've done for me. That's cool. So, so then I, you know, I shoot my next buck in 2018 or in 17 and I'm, I'm like, okay, well I know where I'm going to go. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But I have these ideas in my head. Right. Right. So I come up, I, I shoot my deer, come to the shop. And I start talking to you about ideas and customization and all these things and ideas that I want to do. And instead of, like, instead of saying, "Oh yeah, okay," it was, "That's a that's a really neat idea. What what about this?" And and then it becomes a conversation, bouncing ideas off each other, Uh and not just uh, trying to talk me out of it because it's more work for you.
1: It, It is, you know, that's something. It is more work. Yeah, but. The end result is, oh my God! Yeah, I mean, you know, it it, it makes something really nice and mm-hmm. something outstanding. Yeah, it really is. So, from my standpoint, you know, when any customer or client comes in and they got their deer, first thing I want to do is hear the story. Oh yeah, you know, yep. And I hear a lot of stories. I mean, mm-hmm. this year we, we we almost took in four hundred deer head. I yeah. mean, we are busy. But then I want to hear, okay, where's it going to go? You know, is it going to your office? Is it going to your basement? Is you know, your wife going to make you put it in a garage? I mean, you know, I just kind of want to know where it's going to go. And then what's your vision? You know, 90% of the hunters that come in here don't think outside the box. Mm-hmm. So 90% of them just go on a stock form, left, mm-hmm. right, up, down, you know, whatever they want. But you got that 10% who have a vision, mm-hmm. you know, who says, wow, you know, I really want him doing that or I want him doing this or, you know. And we always look at the horns mm-hmm. because – you know, horns, you would think if you got a really good left side, you'd want to turn it to the left. Mm -hmm. You don't, you want to turn it to the right to show off the left side. I mean, I always, I can give recommendations to make those horns really pop. Uh, that's why I've always loved about doing your work is because, you know, the way we rotate and spin those heads and whatnot. And a lot of that, you know, I've studied anatomy and I, we know how to, customize those forms and don't take so long to do yeah i mean we literally took what used to take me an hour it takes me 15 minutes or, or to julian 15 minutes to do it now you know i've got a process mm-hmm. you know i know that that first joint between the skull and the spine moves the head up and down the second joint moves it left and right everything else happens down here at the shoulder plate yeah right so we just cut a section out i put an eye bolt down and we make those turns so yeah. that the anatomy the anatomy stays the same. You know, you don't get a head back. looks like a broken neck. Yeah. You know, cause we know we're all that supposed to mm-hmm. turn at, you know, but it's fun. I, I love doing that out of the box yeah. thing. And, and I, I love, and that's why I love about bears because I literally get it. Go through your eyes and go through your brain and I can come up with what you're thinking. Yeah. You know, I mean, you've had that connection too, with the yeah. white tail all along. Yeah. So.
0: And, and so for me, personally and i and i I can't speak for any of your other customers or any other guy who takes a deer to a taxidermist there's a connection there that when I can look at my deer and i've said th- I said this on a, a recent instagram uh post but when I can look at my deer and I can relive without having to go into the woods oh, every day it's a piece of art yeah right with a lot of emotion and a lot of um memories all wrapped into it i mean i I look at i look at the deer downstairs right now and i can say here was the wind direction here was the temperature here's how he came in you know here's the day and just like i I can close my eyes and i'm back in the tree you almost smell it oh yeah. yeah yeah it it's ridiculous and then when 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 i walked into the doors today and i see that i'm just like gosh yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. You know, you should be charging a thousand dollars more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You
1: know, and that, that's that's kind of a bummer part of the industry. You know, there's and I tell everybody there's a tax numbers for every budget yeah. because there is. But you know, the difference between a good mount, I, I I say like this: it's between oh my god or oh my god. Yeah, the difference is like three hundred dollars. Yeah, okay, three hundred dollars for the rest of your life. You might as well have oh my god. Yeah. You know, yeah. You know, and you know, we've curved that. We've made that curve. I get a lot of work, but and like I said, there's, I get there's budgetary guys that that want that. You know, three hundred dollar deer head or three hundred fifty dollar mm-hmm. deer head. But you know, we want you to look at that every day and say
0: wow that is really cool yeah. you
1: know and that costs money it takes time
0: yeah you know? it's funny um whenever we sit down in my living room and me and my wife finally have some time to spend with each other watch a movie or mm-hmm. something and she's on the couch and i'm in the chair or i'm on the couch and she's in the chair and the movie may start to suck a little bit and then my eyes just go up to the mounts <laughs> yeah and i'm playing a different movie in my oh, head yeah. oh, so yeah. um and and kind of that that's a long way of saying that when someone can bring an idea to life mm-hmm. that's that is how you have earned a customer out of me sure for for as long as you're a business sure right because yeah. i've i've made this connection with you guys that is like i can i can explain something and you can translate that into yeah. a piece of art for me that is well, going to last well, forever we rest become of my
1: life. extended family members yeah it's literally it yeah. literally grows a connection yeah and I, and that's the way it is with with nearly every one of my clients yeah i got something now that you know we have a lot of these drop-off we, we call them old, old barn outpost locations mm-hmm. where uh, people can utilize this without driving the three hours mm-hmm. um and that's kind of sad for me because i don't get that that one-on-one connection oh yeah now with facebook and texting of course and i try to reach out and call them mm-hmm. uh i can build i built some uh there's a guy up in chicago his name's mark anderson uh i've, I've built this rapport i've never met the man mm-hmm. but we're buddies yeah you know we mount a couple deer for him and you know i, I kind of feel like i'm part of his family we haven't even met <laughs> but i'm you know i met him through you know we've got that that big hub up there that takes in this workforce and but that that part of it is kind of sad for sam because sam loves people and yeah you know, I like to see everybody, but Sam needs four or five hundred deer heads a year, too. I yeah. Mean, I, and you're not going to get that sitting in one location. In the South yeah.
0: Yeah. What's uh, what are I'm looking at a map right now here yep. in your office. Is that all the outposts?
1: No, that's actually that's hide routes we run with our tannery. You know, those hides, the old days, you just put them in the mail. Yeah. You know, UPS to Uh the old, the old old days. You had to have them salted. So the yeah. tax numbers have to do all the turning and, and salting and get them dry and they mailed them. Well, then, you know, as, as the, the industry progressed, then we take them what we call green where they take them off and they put them in a bag. And then we do that, that nasty work. Yeah. Well, if they mail those to us, it compromises those hides because, you know, if they set in a truck for an extra day or whatever, you know, bacteria is our worst enemy. Mm-hmm. So in order to stymie that i I bought a semi mm-hmm. and I bought a freezer trailer and I run these routes out and there'll be like seven or eight, nine stops along each one of those. And I meet taxidermists and pick up their hides. So then you see out here where we end on this one, That's we actually have a shop. I I own a shop in Colorado. I'm just north of, of uh, Denver. Okay. In Frederick, Colorado. Okay. Um, so you that's, got, that's a story of its own. But
0: Yeah. I, so Denver, it looks like you got one in Oklahoma, like a yep. loop that goes down into Oklahoma. We do turn we around Oklahoma that, City, yep. And a loop that goes up into the Dakotas. The Dakotas. Yep, yep. So you guys, you have almost the, like, the western part of the Midwest.
1: Yep. What we kind of target is is the speedy delivery area Uh because speedy delivery is so cheap. Uh, So we go into all those speedy delivery states. So you can see I don't go very, I don't go east hardly at Mm -hmm. all. Uh, I do have a lot of clients in Illinois, but they drive them over, you know. Yeah, we're pretty much, and, and what's been neat about this running these routes is as I'm in hunting camps, I'm meeting different people. You know, like I got a guy in Kansas City and I would do all his deer work. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm in Kansas City three times a year. So I pick it up when we're down there. You know, we've got a route schedule. We say, hey, you're going to meet us at Roger Sporting, Goods store on February, whatever. So he's there smiling, gleaming. He's got and this old Sam gets out of his semi. I drive that semi myself, believe that shit <laughs> or not. So Sam gets out of his semi, he you're, falls
0: out, you know. You're a trucker, too. Oh, I am. I am. Johnny Bigger.
1: I got a story about that. I got a good story. I, I can tell stories all day long, as you can probably already tell, you know. But uh, what's neat about this is now, you know, we do have clientele along that route. Yeah. utilizing this. So it works out really, really, really cool.
0: That's crazy, man. Yeah. Um. So you have a a, a full-blown shop out in Colorado now. We
1: do have. We do have. I had a year ago been about a year ago today uh one of my close friends got a hold of me uh Shep Brown from Tumwa. and he had a mutual friend that had (laughs) yeah I gotta follow this story his mutual friend's niece his husband was a taxidermist in Colorado and through his life change with an ex-wife, his kids were moving into the Midwest with his ex-wife. Well, he wanted to be closer to his kids. So he was looking to relocate somewhere in the Midwest, and he'd reached out to my friend who had had a taxidermy shop. You know? mm-hmm. My friend's like, no, I, I'm not really looking for anybody, but I'm sure I know a guy that m- you might want to call. Yeah. So I, I I literally hooked up this kid over one evening, sitting chatting on the phone. Of course, I stalked him on Facebook and seen, you know, his work was just fantastic uh so it wasn't two weeks he flew into cedar rapids we brought him in here he worked for a week i want to make sure i got no drama here and i want yeah. to make sure that it all gelled fell in love with him I mean, he was a great kid so uh linda and myself want to go meet his wife you know because a wife could make or break a situation also you mm-hmm. know what i'm saying i've mm-hmm. got harmony here i don't want you know i'm old i, I you know i don't want not harmony yeah so uh, we moved we went to denver to meet his wife and she was just a sweetheart and just you know Wanted to move right here because so she, she had extended family mm-hmm. close here. She has family in Donaldson and family in Ottumwa. His kids are just a few hours from here. So, I mean, it, it was just working perfect. Well, I went to his shop. I'm looking around. I'm like, what are you going to do with this? He said, I'm just going to shut it down. And he'd been in business like seven years. And this kid is, he is one of the better bird taxidermists. I mean, bird taxidermy. there's a handful. There's a dozen or more really great bird guys. He's one of them guys. Mm-hmm. I mean, he is, but he can do anything. Yeah. I mean, he is a master. He's craft. He's a young kid. He's, he's 33, 34 years old. Um, we talked, and we, me and Linda went back to the motel that night. Linda looked at me and said, You're not going to shut that down, are you? And I said, No. So next day I went. His name's Tim, Tim Cooley. So I sat with Tim, and I said, You know, we need not to shut this down, so we need to figure this out. So we come up with a, A plan, you know. Uh, I moved it. It was at his house. I moved it into a strip mall in Frederick, Colorado, which I found out is more left-leaning people than right-leaning people. So we're fighting that on a daily basis, Mm -hmm. you know, videos and whatnot. So uh, since then, I've actually found an old barn that we're moving to, but that's in the next two, three months. But anyhow, we we got into the strip mall. Uh, We finished him up for the year. Uh, I took Julian out there and myself. We helped him get his backlog pretty much caught up um he had a helper a young kid 21 years old gonna be an amazing amazing taxidermist i mean he's got he's got the god gift mm-hmm. um very personal loves people so worked out a deal with him he's managing the shop mm-hmm. so what we do dan is we leave all of the mule deer and elk out there and we bring everything else back here and we mount it here and i make that route every other month so i'll ferry out a whole truck loaded on stuff and we get it in our showroom and whatnot. And uh, when we come back, I pick up hides all the way back. Yeah. I'm, I'm just saturated with hide work on an interstate 80. So it's, it's kind of a win-win, but that, that shop out there does the kind of volume this shop here does. So, I mean, that so there's record, two
0: old barn taxidermies pretty much. There's
1: two full-time manned, owned by Sam old barn taxidermy shops. Man. And then I have a location in, in Rockford, we call it our Chicago land operation, but I'm a partner up there with a meat processing center. Okay. And he takes our work up there. Uh, and then I have one in southern Illinois, and someone in Julian's down by his home, you know, he's from southern Illinois. Yeah. So he's got a gentleman down there that, that takes in work. And then I've got just a few other guys scattered out around that we call outpost locations. And I basically, uh, they get a commission for being a salesman, yeah. and you know, and usually it's it works out. They can get their deer head done for free, basically. Yeah. So, but it's nice because I don't have to drive three hours. You know, we're getting to be pretty much known in the Midwest. I mean, you know, I've yeah. I've, I've 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 really worked hard to not just be the local guy. You know what I'm saying? Well, <laughs> I want to be more global.
0: <laughs> you are definitely not local if you're driving at, to Denver. You yeah. know, and and doing heads out and out from there and shipping them back and whatever. But yeah. man, that's uh, that's uh, that's crazy. So kind of switching again kind of going back um every taxidermist that i've ever met or have talked to has been yeah well right now i'm gonna hunt i'm not doing any work right now yeah. you know you can bring it in i'm just gonna throw it in the freezer and then i'm i'll probably start working on it in january or right. you know, february or whatever right but you'll you know you mentioned that you were hunting back in the day but now hunting isn't necessarily like a priority for you no, anymore no
1: i love bears yeah so sam won't miss a bear season okay i go every spring every fall so that's kind of my getaway but that is you know late may and august when yeah. nobody really is harvesting anything mm-hmm. here uh our family motto or our work motto is when's the best time to take a deer head in yeah when they call yeah you know twofold reasons hey i don't want to lose the work i don't want them to go to the guy down the road Mm-hmm second reason was i want to get that thing in my cold storage yeah because you know so many guys ride around that back the truck you know it might have been dead the night before they might not have found it till noon mm-hmm. i mean there's so many horse stories out there well i can save that a lot of the times if i can get that in my hands so i can start handling it appropriately i guess i yeah. will say so i love to bow hunt deer mm-hmm. i mean that was my passion in life too Sam be sitting in his tree stand. It would be October 30th, whatever. You know, prime time, getting ready to happen. And my phone would buzz. I'd look down, and it was Dan. Well, I got to answer Dan's phone call, right? Because Dan's going to make me 550 bucks right here, right? So, hey, you know, I'm in my tree stand. Yeah, well, I'm I'm sitting at your shop. Oh, I'll be right there. So, so no, you as, can't blame that on me. No, no. But, but As much as I'm a people guy – I like, ah, I, I, you know, yeah. I would just be drop my bow out of the tree and get out. I, yeah. And it was every night. I mean, yeah. I, but at that time, you know, I was growing by leaps and bounds with customer base. And Sam had to be the face. I mean, I had to be here every night. Yeah. So in order for me to live with myself through bow season, yeah, I had to quit shooting deer. So I also love shooting ducks. Yeah. That is my passion, too. And I got a lot of passions, as mm-hmm. you're going to hear. But I love ducks, and I love my Labrador. Yeah. I mean, I've had a black female lab my whole life. I'm on my fourth one. And nobody ever brings me a deer head in the morning before 9 o'clock, typically. Well, I've never been a morning bow hunter. I, I care less to stumble around in the dark. Mm-hmm. But I always duck hunted every morning. Yeah, So I just turned into this amazing, hardcore duck hunter. <laughs> and I duck hunt every morning of my life. Uh, as long as I got nothing going on I'm, yeah. and I'm, I'm at work by nine. So,
0: so you, so I switched. You've, you, you've made a transition. I mean, yeah. So when I talked to you, uh, the last time it was like, oh, I work all the time, work all the time, but you're still finding oh yeah, the ducks and the bear are your main. Yeah. yeah. Okay.
1: I like to go on trips, you know? And, yeah. And a lot of this business is morphing. My youngest son, Colton is our customer service guy mm-hmm. and he, Loves people too, and he's very responsible. And he does not hunt; he's a golfer. Golfer, and likes basketball and baseball, and can tell you Big Ten stats and stuff that old dad don't do. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've never been that guy. I care less about a golf ball. I care less about football. <laughs> I don't. I've always been an outdoorsman, you know. Yeah, and that just interfered with my outdoors time. Right. So, you know, with the internet and everything on phone to these days, you know. Most of the posted numbers you'll find on Facebook and our website goes to Colton. So that's giving yep. old dad the, you know, the flair to go away. You know, now I've got 20 people to work for me here. So we have rotate on call. Okay. So, you know, I'm able to start living back into that life. Honestly, God, last year there was no ducks. Yeah. We had that flood and it was horrible. You'd, you got to go stand in the timber to kill them and I don't want to stand. I like my duck blind. I like the Coleman stove, a pot of coffee, eggs, bacon. Yeah. I mean, I'm that guy. I'm not the guy standing in the timber kicking the waves, you know, yeah. with my dog sitting on a tree stand. I'm not yeah. that guy. So I came home. My, my wife had just bought a new crossbow. And I came home one morning, and she says, uh, why don't you go over and scout this field tonight? And I said, well, I ain't going scouting it without a bow. She said, well, take my one. Go buy a tag. So I ran to town, bought a tag. And I actually bow hunted this year. hmm so it was fun. I didn't kill anything. You're yeah. back. Yeah, you're yeah, back. Well, yeah, I had fun. <laughs> I enjoyed it. I got out. I don't know. I bet twenty times in evenings and whatnot. That's but pretty like good. Like I said, like I said, I, I have all these other youngsters. You know, in, in in this business, you know, I'm not as old as I say. I'm I'm 56. Yeah, but I've surrounded myself with 30 year olds. Yeah, that are just as passionate as I am. So you got to keep up. Yeah, but I've got a ton of kids yeah. th- to do the work. So yeah. let the old man go have his fun. A little oh, bit. You, you've you earned know. it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I love
0: it, you know. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So I'm trying to sit here and think about I'm looking at this map of this route. I have a feeling that there's going to be another just a gut feeling <laughs> that there's going to be another old barn popping up somewhere in the United States at some point.
1: We are in process and this will be the first time I've ever let out of my lips publicly. Boise, Idaho.
0: No shit.
1: Yeah. I already have. I hooked up with uh, Jensen Outdoors. Mm-hmm. And Casey Jensen is one of the premier hunting concierge, as I call him. Mm-hmm. He sells hunts. Um, Casey's got a little different flavor of how he does it. A lot of guys go to the SCIs and do the big shows. Casey's a boots-on-the-ground guy. He's looking for guys like me and you. Mm-hmm. He's not looking for the 1% money. And I've never chased that international one percent money you Mm -hmm. know i could be doing big african safaris and but i've never i i like working with the guy like me you know what i'm saying i I, I say we're kind of more a working class kind of guy you know Mm -hmm. what i'm saying so casey and i hooked up kind of like you and i hooked up i mean he had heard about me uh wanted to meet me Mm -hmm. was down in the area uh he wanted me because he knows the way to get to dan's heart is through dan's taxidermist yeah so if i know dan wants to go shoot a red stag in New Zealand, I got the guy for you, yeah. you know, and I've got thousands of clients. So, and I talked to every one of them, I know mm-hmm. what they're, so, you know, it's a pretty good business model that he has, but me and Casey got to be best friends. Yeah. I mean, we got close. So we started old barn adventures. So now I'm selling hunts through Casey for Casey, you know, and that's helping our taxidermy industry because, you know, whatever we sell, I typically get to work for. So it's a, it's a win-win marriage, right? Well, anyhow we're sitting there talking casey's out there in boise he said you know he said what if uh what if we put an old barn in boise he said you know my wife and my nephew and they could take the work in and Mm -hmm. you do what you're doing in colorado so we've been looking at the location and we've already having the work pour in out there so
0: that's crazy yeah that was a shot in the dark by the way yeah like (laughs) oh you (laughs) you nailed it you know me you know me
1: well enough i you know my little Tech or my little construction business, I started with six guys. Yeah. That was in uh, 1987. Yeah. I think I started that. I, and I took it over to my dad. My dad had a major heart attack. And yeah. He took it over. When I got rid of it, I had 286 guys and I had 14, 15 branch offices and we were in three states. So mm-hmm. it's what I do. I And everybody said, well, you said you'd never be big again. Well, we're not really big. Uh, I have no debt, which is great. Yeah. I love that part. You know, we. We crawled before we walk, walk before we run. So it's not like we're out there spending huge capital to yeah. do this. Uh, met a lot of great people. Lord has blessed me, put me in the right place at the right time, you know. And things have just gone good. But uh, I'm I'm driven. I'm I'm yeah. not only am I driven by the excellence and tax but I'm driven by business. Yeah, you know. I and I don't know where I will finally be satisfied. I don't know. Yeah. You know, right now it's busy, but it's manageable. Busy. I've got a huge team. You know, I got three three administrators. You know, we're in their office now. We booted them out, but usually there's three computers going, or answering phones, and doing whatnot. Yeah. Um, the way our system is, you know, we we know where everything's at all the time. I mean, it's just it's it's neat. Yeah. You know. So, but yeah, we are we are going to, and you know when I'm when I'm setting up a shop. I have to be geographically aware of where my wholesale customer base is for my tannery because them are all my partners too. And I never want to step on not one of those. Yeah. So like going up to Chicagoland area, I had nobody up there I tan for, Mm -hmm. you know, and that just happened out of the blue. I was just meeting a guy by accident, you know, Boise. I don't do anything out that far, Mm -hmm. you know, but I wouldn't like set up shop down in, yozarks or somewhere you know because i got people down there that i work for and i just would never i don't want to step on those folks you know and a lot of people are just happy with running their shop and having their regular 150 deer heads a year and doing their thing And, and and god bless them i mean maybe maybe this is a sickness i have not a great thing but it's what drives me is is to, to build you know what i'm saying yeah and, and absolutely. try to be successful
0: well you're doing one hell of a job and and you and your crew put out amazing absolutely amazing work so uh thank you well
1: thank you very
0: much and uh is there anything else that we need to talk about today
1: you know, I'm just I was just blessed we got together. Yeah. You know, I think you're doing an amazing job. I listen oh, to your stuff. You. you know, I do a lot of traveling as you see. I kick on podcasts. <laughs> you know, I, I didn't know what a podcast was two years ago until yeah. you told me. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, and we sit and talked. I said, Well, what's the goal? What are you gonna do? You know, I was mesmerized by it and I yeah. look like at it today. I mean you've you've aggressively built a really nice I'm I'm happy. Me. Yeah. I'm happy with it. Yeah, you so. get to work from home. and yeah. be, with your, be with your family. And, yeah, some
0: there's there's days though I wish I had to go into an office. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. I'm helping my daughter raise three of her children. Yeah, so we have a, I think eight, seven, and five year old, and I got him like three quarter time. Whew. So old, old grandpa, you know he <laughs> he chases he chases kids around too. So I feel your pain occasionally. Yeah. But I love them. Yeah, <laughs> so absolutely. You,
0: you well, I tell you what, Sam, man, I like I said, I appreciate the, the awesome work that you're doing. And uh, thank you very much for hopping on and getting time to chat with me today.
1: Oh, I love this. I love this. You can tell I like to talk. So yeah. <laughs> it's a win-win. <laughs>
0: And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, another episode in the books, huge shout out to Sam, huge shout out to old barn taxidermy. And I'm telling you, if you ever see this guy around, walk up to him and introduce yourself. He's a great guy and he'll tell you some amazing stories. I mean, he's been in the hunting industry, the archery industry, the taxidermy industry, and they all kind of run in this circle, right? And he's been around like for 30 plus years, long time. And, uh the dude knows like he's got a great story he'll he'll tell you a great story uh, the first time you ever meet him so uh go check out old barn tax Me, huge shout out to you guys uh for taking time to listen to these episodes man i really appreciate it thank you very much huge shout out to all the partners of the Nine Finger Chronicles podcast. We got the Average Conservationist. We got Vortex Optics, Lone Wolf, Wasp, and Ozonix. Man, without those companies, this doesn't exist. So please go out and support the companies that support this podcast. And uh, man, take it easy. Have a good life. Treat your neighbor as you want to be treated with love and respect and honesty. And I'm telling you, it'll make the world a better place. So uh, go enjoy your family. Go enjoy the outdoors and we'll talk to you next time